Today on Locked On Red Wings, Philip Zadina is back with the Detroit Red Wings. What does that mean going forward? Also, Dylan Larkin had six points during All-Star Weekend. Does that even get anyone excited anymore? And then finally, we're going to finish up with a first game preview since the All-Star break began. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked On Tigers and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And today's episode, guys, before we get into the game preview in segment three, like we normally do, uh, we will kind of expand on set things we touched on in the news and notes of yesterday's episode. We had promised a mailbag for Monday, so we wanted to deliver on that and not push it back. So we will today expand more on the implications between Adam Ernie getting waived Philip Zadina being recalled, as well as Jacob Vrana heating up. And, of course, Dylan Larkin in the All-Star game, or All-Star games, I guess, All-Star weekend, uh, All-Star day, whatever you want to call it. He had six points. He had five goals and one assist, uh, snubbed for the All-Star MVP. Uh, I kind of want to begin with the All-Star conversation, though, Scotty, because maybe, maybe I'm just out of touch. No, it's the kids that are wrong. Who is who is the All Star Weekend for? I I just because when I saw like Larkin popped off, I'm like, oh cool, good for him. Atlantic Division One, awesome. The skills competition stuff, some of it's cool. Like I like the speed stuff, I like the hardest shot, but overall, I'm just it's a big whomping. Who gives a crap? I just I and and this isn't just a hockey thing. It's and I'm I'm sounding like such a boomer. I know, but in all in all sports, I feel like every All Star game is just boring and lame and i don't think hockey's any exception so i i think that that's the conversation i think comparing it to other all-star weekends is really the conversation um because i mean you're right like in a vacuum i've especially like in its current state and just like the stuff that they keep trying to do every weekend to get people to care about it the people just like don't and i i have gotten to a point where i enjoy the uh, like the speed competition and like hardest shot and like i like that kind of stuff significantly more than the game itself oh yeah that stuff's cool right and and i think that that's like those are like cool niche things like only these people really like in the planet can like pull off this stuff and you're putting it on display that's awesome but i think when looking at other all-star games like if you were to rank the big four okay the NFLs, the Pro Bowl is a joke. That's the mm. worst one of all of them. It's no, not it's even flag close. football. Right. It's it's literally not even close. The Pro Bowl is comfortably in last. And I don't think I'm being biased here, but you can tell me if I am. I think baseball's is comfortably the best all-star game because you can actually try your hardest and not really worry about an injury as much in baseball as opposed to the other two sports. And um, they've done some really cool stuff with the broadcasting and, and, and stuff with, baseball i i think 
even if you don't like any all-star games, I think if you were to rank them, I'm I'm pretty confident that baseballs is is pretty comfortably the best. Then it's just an argument of like between hockey and basketball, and, and they both have the same issue. There's no defense, right? Because like no one wants to give full effort in a game and like potentially hurt themselves or whatever in a game that doesn't matter. Like that's yeah, that's a, that's a problem. That's why the NFL's like that's why theirs is the worst because it's the f- most physical sport and no one's gonna risk that. And like you said, now it's even just straight up flag football. So like it's it's just it's and, and when you look at the festivities around it like i said like the other events and whatnot like the whole weekend i think hockey the events are cool like basketball has the dunk contest and the three-point contest those are great like the home run derby rocks um the nfl really has nothing they just it's it's just awful but uh so like the, there is some cool things with all-star weekend but i, I would agree with you if, if you told me that you thought the nhl had the second worst all-star game in sports. I don't think I disagree with you. It's it's, I think the, your reasoning there is spot on in regards to it's because it's a contact sport. And that's why like the, as for the further down the line and level of contact you get or lack of contact, you get the more entertaining the all-star game is because right. in football, like you said, no one wants to get full effort because no one wants to get hurt. Hockey, at least you can cut out the physicality part and it can become a skills competition. And the first year they went to this three on three format, I actually did like it quite a bit, but I think it's kind of falling into the same trap that the overtime three on three is happening where, where, I mean, overtime three on three, obviously players are trying, but there's, it, it just becomes skating in big circles with all this open ice. And it's just not, there's no speed to it because the players don't care. They're not trying. I think what, what what player was it that went on record and called it cringe? Like actually oh, yeah. physically called it cringe. And it was just like, who was that? You're watching the game itself and it shows low speed. It's like the all-stars and these are exciting players, but they don't care. And why should they? I wouldn't want to get hurt either. Cause even if you're cutting out the contact part, you could still lose an edge and go crashing into the boards. I, I get it. It's just, I don't think there's a way to make the game itself fun unless you just kind of accept the fact that this is what the all-star game is. It's more like uh, these are the best players in the sports and they're all skating on the same ice at the same time. Oh, that's cool, I guess. Except it's not the best players in the sports because they've done it this way where every single team has to have a representative. And so you get really stud, really big studs get snubbed because their team already has a representative. And like, I understand like, some teams had two representatives in the end, but like the Oilers obviously had McDavid and dry but that's far and fewer in between. If this was a true all-star game representative of the entire league, you know, Larkin probably wouldn't be there. It's just, it's not even like an all-star all-star game. And I love Larkin. I love the fact that he, he decided apparently he was disappointed with his speed competition results, decided to go really hard in the actual game festivities itself. And that's why I had five goals and one assist. And that was cool to see as a Red Wings fan. For sure, we love yeah. seeing our own show out. That was cool. But, you know, like you said, outside of the, the hardest shot competition and the fastest skater competition, a lot of the other competitions, just accuracy I like too. A lot of the other competitions just felt gimmicky and one-off. And it's like who the players don't care. They don't want to be there. It's just like, who is this for? Who is, what is this? What, if the players don't want to be there and the fans don't care to watch, who is the all-star game there for? I just I don't I don't see it. Yeah, I mean I I don't know the ratings of the All Star Game itself, but I can't imagine it's it's crazy crazy high. Like I said, it, it honestly it wouldn't shock me if the like 
competitions had better ratings than the game. I mean, that's how it is in the NBA and has been for years, right? Mm -hmm. Like the dunk contest and the three point contest are huge polls. And like, nobody even watches the all-star game anymore. Cause it's, you know, 280 to 260. Like no one plays defense. Like it, it's just and the NBA has even started like they're they're talking about like more and more like money incentives. Like if you win the all-star game, you get like a bonus or like you get to donate or whatever. Like yeah, like they got a hundred thousand dollars for being on the winning team. Right. It, it, it's it's they're you know, all the sports are trying really like again, like except baseball. Like I, I really do. I think Baseball is the only one that that's a pretty solid product. And again, that's really no like better or worse marketing. Like baseball is a horrible marketing marketed sport, but uh, it, it really just comes down to the fact that, that the baseball players can, can try their best and not have to worry at least too terribly much about getting hurt as opposed to pretty much the other three sports. So, and then one other thing regarding the all-star game, what did you think about the uniforms? They were fine. I can't That's decide like if I, I loved them or hated them. I, I didn't have like a polarizing opinion. I know a lot of people are arguing about them, but because la well, last year's uniforms were polarizing too, and I loved last year's All Star uniforms. I did too. Um, yeah. This year, I understand it's like the retro '90s look with the neon, and, and it, also it's in Florida too, so those are like Vice City colors type stuff. So like I understand it, and I keep going back and forth when watching them in action. I'm like, I don't know if I hate these or I love these. There's no middle ground for me. I either hate them and they, or I love them. And I haven't decided which one it is yet. <laughs> I also game has come and gone. You, they will never wear these again. And he still has not decided oh, but if he likes know, them or not. I'm going to have to be looking for a thumbnail after this. Cause we're talking about the all-star game and I'm going to see them all over again. So right. you know what? I'm it's maybe gonna be like July and you're going to be like, you know what, everyone, <laughs> I just I I decided <laughs> that those all-star jerseys from February that they will never wear again. I like them. I should uh, write a sticky note and put it on my monitor to be like in July, bringing this back up again. I I'm sure some, <laughs> we have very interactive listeners. I'm sure someone will randomly like on the 6th of July, just be like, yo, <laughs> Brian, what do you think of the all-star jerseys? Uh, when we come back, we'll move on to talking about Phil Zadina's return, Adam Ernie being waived and whether Jacob, Jacob Vrana is getting close it's always hard to tell in those situations. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Download FanDuel. Or I'm sorry. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner. I skipped the line there for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They're, they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now. So you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Man, this pen doesn't decide, want to know if it, it doesn't, can't decide if it wants to be dead or not. What did you just say, dude? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> leave me alone. Leave me alone, all right? My that pen can't crazy. decide. My pen can't decide if it wants to die or not. Anyways, um, 
I don't know Moving what you on. want me to say to that. Cool, dude. Moving on. All right. We're great hosts. Um, so I need to do this, Scotty, and this is going to be completely out of the blue. But I'm taking some heat because I do, in fact, play on two men's league teams. And one men's league team is getting a little bit upset that I only referenced the other on the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So I have to go on the record and say my Sunday team won by a large margin on Sunday night, and we played a very good hockey game. You want to know what's crazy? I'm about to throw you way under the bus. I didn't even know that you played for two <laughs> different teams. I have a Tuesday and a Sunday night team. and the I, I always just assumed they were the same one. So. so the reason why the Tuesday team gets brought up more is because oftentimes we record after my games. So right. it's like fresh. It just happened. But on sure. Sundays, we tend to record earlier in the day before we play. So it's not fresh sure. on the mind. Fair but enough. yes, I, I play on two teams. So, the Tuesday but, team also has the, the luxury of the... Uh, the shoulder incident. Yes. The dislocation that occurred a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, I'm glad you cleared the air there, bud. That was, that's, yeah. it's important. So yes, we, we won on Sunday. Congrats. Anyways, let's move on to some real Red Wings topics. <laughs> Philip Zadina is back with the Detroit Red Wings. Adam Ernie was sent down to Grand Rapids after clearing waivers. And I wanted to ask coming into the episode, what the implications behind this were for the Red Wings, but then Derek Lalone came out and said, oh yeah, Phillips Zadina will probably be a scratch tomorrow because the team's building has had some good chemistry building in recent games. First of all, you've been off 10 days and you lost your most recent game. So I don't know what kind of chemistry he thinks he sees with the lineup, but you're telling me there's no one you could slot out for Adam, or not Adam Ernie, Phillips Zadina? Like the dude hasn't played, except with the exception of two games in Grand Rapids, he hasn't played in months and you're going to immediately make him a healthy scratch? Like, either either I'm completely off base, which is entirely no, possible. Look, I, I I mean, I don't know how you can't look at this situation as an outsider and not have, like, the sirens go off a little bit. Like, that's weird. Like, it is. I, and the timing of everything is weird. And uh, I, I don't – I'm not saying that it's, like, a huge story or that it's some groundbreaking thing. And – uh, Zadina was getting healthy early in the year when he was before the injury, even like, you know, we talked about even in like the, the like preseason, I'm pretty sure we had some news stories. Where we were like, why is Zadina not even playing today? Like, what the heck is going on? Like, there's been some some stuff like that really all year, even sans the injury. Uh, and, and he's obviously as polarizing as he is. I don't know, man, like I, I, I don't. I'm not trying to blow it out of proportion and make it some huge, huge thing, but it, it definitely, I think it's impossible to listen to and be like, all right, well, that's like normal. That was expected. Well, it's just, it's what's weird to me is it's not as if this team is scoring so many goals a night that you can do without. And uh, granted, Zadina doesn't have a single point in the nine games he did play. I understand that. But you're telling me that this team isn't at a point where it's worth shaking up the lineup to throw him in there and just see if, the new chemistry develops because his team's not scoring. Well, that's they won on a couple weird. games where they had like five goals a game, but that's not the norm. They normally score like two or three at best. Right. That's why it's weird. The offense has, has not been consistently good. Like all season. Uh, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. And I mean, on top of that, like we talk about it all the time and, and I'm not saying Zadina is anything close to this, 
but like we're 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 trying to find goal scorers and like so so with an offense that doesn't have any goal scorers and hasn't had a consistently good offense to like you said i mean as simple as why would you not just like try something new and throw some new players in there like i don't know it's it's definitely weird. Again, like I, I'm not trying to make it a huge deal. I'm I, I'm sure Zadina will play relatively soon. Maybe it's just lingering, like injury stuff. I don't know, but I, I mean, it definitely is is I think impossible to listen to and not kind of raise an eyebrow and go like, okay, that and looks kind of weird. But if the situation were that you don't think he can make an impact at the NHL level, like he's just not got his his full well, then stride back, you, then why are you waving Ernie right now? Yeah, keep him down in Grand Rapids for the full two weeks. Right, yeah. You know, when you send somebody on a conditioning stint, you can give him two full weeks, and he only had two games. Right, why are you cutting a conditioning stint short to helping him? Yeah, exactly. My (laughs) point. I'm sorry. I'm with you, man. It's it's weird. I'd rather have Zidina producing in Grand Rapids for the length of his conditioning stint and instead of having Adam and have Adam Ernie as a healthy scratch at the NHL level, rather than have Adam Ernie right. playing games well, in Grand Rapids and Zadina being the healthy scratch. It's all just about timing. Like it's one thing if he played the full two weeks out and didn't have any conditioning stint left, and then you did all this, and we're talking about like, okay, like that makes sense. He's healthy, whatever, he's not ready. You don't think he's earned a spot, etc. Whatever, whatever. But I mean, like optically, like it's weird again yeah. to, to cut the stint short and then still healthy him is, is, is weird. And like things could change. It, it could very well be like, okay, he said that yesterday and then he saw something in practice. It's like, okay, we'll give him a shot. But it's just, it's really weird to me. I, and listen, I'm, I'm extraordinarily biased because I still want Philip Zidina to work out. And I recognize he has yet to really produce at any level at the NHL. Um, but when, with him as young as he is, I still don't want to give up on Philip Zadina. So I want him to get ice time. And I also understand that he has to earn it. I get that. But this team, are you telling me that with how poorly this team has been playing, they're seventh in the division, second to last in the division right now at the halfway point. You're telling me that they Philip Zadina doesn't deserve a shot to try and improve things. Cause he played fantastic defensively in those nine games he played. He just couldn't get a point. It's just, there's, there's nobody you're willing to, I, Whatever. I'm I'm talking in circles. My point is made. No, I, I think that it's weird it not to give him a shot. And I know he'll get into games, but it's weird to have him immediately be a healthy scratch right off the bat. Unless it changes. It could change by the time, you know, people hear this tomorrow or Tuesday by the time this will be out. That could have changed. He could be in the lineup and we could be looking like jacket butts. But Carly Johnson tweeted nice out day. that Lalone said he'll probably be a healthy scratch, which is just weird. Really weird to me. Um yeah. Jacob Vrana, we talked about. Um, I said eight points in seven games, but I think it's actually nine points in seven games. Uh, and a heater. Yeah, a little bit of a heater for him. No, but the thing is, is I want to have that conversation again about whether or not he could come back to the NHL level. And obviously that would require, require another roster move to be made. But with, his situation is so unique. It's not like he's coming off of an injury that – Man, I don't know. Like, even though he's playing so well down in there in Grand Rapids, like there there could be so many other moving parts at play. Like, my heart obviously wants him to come back a- ASAP, but it's still possible that he finishes up the year in Grand Rapids just to get his head right. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really hard for for us to predict the rest of the season for Verona. I'm not sure anybody's going to really be able to accurately. There's uh, certainly a 
chance that he just stays down there for the rest of the year. I mean, if that's what like both parties think is best for him, like that's obviously a, a legitimate possibility. I think that, um, I mean, he's obviously playing really well lately, like you said. And so that kind of makes you keep an eye out on him a little bit more than you were. And, uh, like another, another tough roster decision comes if he has, if, if he is recalled, right. That, that, I mean, that's another tough roster decision on your hands where you have to, to let somebody else go or put somebody else on waivers rather. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it really could go a lot of different ways. And I think that, for me, like I have the trade deadline circled, not because I think he's going to get moved, but because I think if we make trades that frees up roster spots and it's easier to then bring him back. And trade there's not line. like, I don't want to say as much pressure, but it's just, you're not waiting for a corresponding move necessarily. He's getting a, a healthy like cup of coffee down there in the AHL and uh and yeah so that's kind of like where my head is at i'm i I kind of if it was to happen i kind of have the the trade deadline looked out that's a decent sample size down there if it continues to be good production but um i i really i'm not sure anybody really knows outside of maybe eiserman and verana yeah i think the trade deadlines are really reasonable um guess as to when he could more realistically come back is if they sell off a couple players and that'll free roster spots. I think that's, that's smart, but again, who knows because he could go on a heater and he could still not get called up. I mean, we don't know what, where he is at and we don't know where the organization is at on him as a future, uh, as a player on this team, a piece of this organization. So we'll find out, I guess, whenever something happens, but you know, watching him heat up down there gets me excited at the prospect of him possibly coming back no matter when it could be. So we'll get to, let's get to another break. And when we come back, we'll preview our first Red Wings game in 10 days. Let's go. I'm so excited. I like, I haven't been this excited for a Red Wings game since the start of the season. So I got my hope back up again. My, I'm back. I'm back, back here. Just happy to see hockey. Let's see how long that lasts. But first I got to talk to you guys today about AG1. This next product, uh, this next partner is a product you got to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your recovery, energy, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated routine of over $100 a day. But with Athletic Greens, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's do our first game preview in 10 days. The Red Wings are at home on Hulu. On Hulu, ESPN Plus broadcast. 
Nice. For the for the people who are listening, I was doing a very ironic smile with a thumbs up. Uh, they're this playing the Edmonton Oilers. What was that? What? What'd you say? I Edmonton. I'm gonna listen back on this. I'm <laughs> still toast. Seven thirty at LCA. Oilers are the Oilers. They're fourth in the Pacific Division. They're not a very deep team, but they are hella top heavy. They got the biggest one. They had the biggest one-two punch in the league in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, who would have guessed? They're actually performing really well this year. Uh, Connor McDavid's got 92 points in 50 games played, 41 goals, 51 That's assists. so ridiculous, dude. <laughs> He's closer to two points a game than one than a point and a half a game. Yes, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl has 76 points in 48 games played, 29 goals, 47 assists, which is you know, also elite territory, but it doesn't stop there. They have two more players who are 10 points above a point per game right now in Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's got 60 points in 50 games played and Zach Hyman, 60 points in 49 games played. After that, it drops off pretty substantially. Although Tyson Berry's having himself a nice season assist wise. He's got 27 assists uh, on the back end for the Edmonton defense. But yeah, I mean, when it, you're talking about the Edmonton Oilers, you're talking about shutting down the, dry saddle McDavid combo. If you can do that, you can win, but not a whole lot of teams can do that. Yeah. I mean, this is the, I would say pretty comfortably, maybe comfortably is a little too dramatic, but I, I think this is the most electric offense in hockey. And I think it's not even particularly close. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, they have their second in goals for game. They are pretty comfortably first in power play. Uh, the, I mean, they're almost converting at it's almost 33.3%. Like they're just <laughs> under a one of every three. That somehow doesn't <laughs> surprise me. One out of three on the power play. Like they're, they, I mean, yeah, like, like the Red Wings aren't even bottom 10 in the power play and they're at about 20%. So like, like it's, it's, it's sizable. And, and yeah, like they, they don't have a, a, an incredible defense. They're in the bottom 12 or 13 in the league and in, in goals against their goalie situation's been, Okay, it's been good enough, clearly. Um, but the, the the fact of the matter is they they can pretty much outscore anyone on any given night, and that's their style, and that's how they play, and uh, they're very good at doing so. So it, it works for them, and it, that's really easy to do when you have you know one of the the two greatest hockey talents ever, arguably. So like yeah. it's it's. That's that is the name of the game. I mean, if you can stop, <laughs> if you can stop Connor, like you're you're gonna have a chance. But uh, I, I I'm not sure there's really any team that can consistently stop Connor. So no, there really isn't, and that's what it's gonna come down to because they don't they're not a great defensive team. You know, they're just barely middle of the pack when it comes to shot attempt percentage, Corsi four percentage a game, uh, at even strength and an expected goals four percentage. Uh, they're 11th in the league at five on five. But like you said, it their power play is redonkulous, not even ridiculous, redonkulous at 32%. That's insane. What you say, yeah. 7% better than the next team. Um, but their PK is near like bottom 10 of the league. Their PK is worse than the Red Wings PK. Right. Defensively, they're not that great. So it's going to, like I said at the start, Scotty, if you're going to beat the Edmonton Oilers, if you want to start the second half of the season, and that's an air quotes because they're technically a couple of games over the halfway point, but the season's usually split up by the all-star break. If you want to start the second half of the season on the right foot, you're going to have to shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, and that's a tall task to ask. But defensively, they're not that great. Connor McDavid doesn't play good defense. 
he's not the best defensive defensive player. And like who, I mean, he's about to have a hundred points in like 50 games. It so doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. But yeah. uh, if you can get this team on its heels and prevent them from getting out of their own zone, you'll win this hockey game. But if they get out of their zone and get into your zone, they're going to win. It's, it sounds very straightforward, but if you can overpower their defense, you have a chance to win. You just can't let yourself get caught in your own zone, which is such a tall task. I know because this Red Wings team still has a long ways to go. And the Edmonton Oilers have literally the best player in the world on their team. I want to know what the over-under is for Connor shots. Oh, that's a good question. Because, like, we talk about about how porous this defense is and how everybody is just able to – like, anybody is able to just get a shot from right in front of the net or from the point. McDavid might have 10 shots. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, he he might he might be comfortably in the double digit shots. Like he, legitimately, like he's just going to be able to get into the point literally whenever he wants the entire game. Now, if they make adjustments and and game plan against that and and whatever, then then that's the hope. But we don't really have much evidence that that's going to happen. So they don't have it listed yet. They just have the. I don't know. That's kind of a niche niche question for sure. But it's it's it's. It's a tall task, man. Yeah, it's. But we're starting the second half of the season optimistic. That'll be better than the first, man. Phillips Dean is back. It's going to be the game changer. Everything's going to be different now. You said it, not me. Oh, speaking of um, health, we didn't talk about health, but he brought that into my mind because Zena's finally healthy. Uh, Heronic practice today. He seems to be fine. Oh, yeah. So that is good news. Word. Uh, Red Wings money line on this game, Scotty. Red Wings are home underdogs, plus 134 money line. Uh, Edmonton Oilers are minus 162. Who are you taking on this one? Uh, I'm neither. (laughs) I I, I honestly, I wouldn't do either of those. I, I, if you made me choose, I'd just pick Edmonton because like Edmonton, but yeah, I, I don't, Bet against a Connor McDavid team. That's just I, I think that's stupid. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Is I'm taking and this is all FanDuel Sportsbook. These are the odds via them. Uh Edmonton Oilers minus one sixty two. I'd take that money line. Uh point spread, goal spread is plus one four one point five for the Red Wings at minus one seventy six odds. Edmonton Oilers have minus one and a half, obviously, at plus one forty two odds. Okay, so I they're saying comfortably take the plus money there. The Red Wings lose by two, you get plus money. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that pretty yeah, comfortably. I'd... Like, sorry, <laughs> I'm right there with you. And then the over under total is under six and a half. Yeah, plus and this is another general six and a half. Thumb, like back in the day, like my my three rules were like you you. Don't bet against Tom Brady when he was in his prime. You when he was in the on the Pats. You don't bet against the Pats. You don't bet against Alabama football, and you don't bet the under in games in which Connor McDavid is participating. So, and like you know, obviously the Pats lost games and Bama lost games, and Connor hasn't scored over six, but on you know in every game of his career. But like that just seems like it's a really dumb thing to do on a semi consistent basis. So I will take the over. We're out here. We're like, it's going to be, you know, try and be optimistic. Strong start to the second half. Look, and then we no, take I, all I, no, I get all, you. Though. I agree. It's all two people or like one person really, but like, it's all, it's all comes down to the production of like the top line. I mean, it's, it, it that's really like it. Like if, if, 
If I the mean, Wings can figure out and game plan a way to to slow down, you're not going to stop them. You're not. But if you can at least slow down the top line of the Oilers, then like you're going to give yourself a fighter's chance because they 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 do have some problems defensively and in net. But yeah. I mean, just based on what we've seen out of the Red Wings defense this year, and based on what that top line is for the Oilers, that that feels like a tall order. I agree. Anyways, on that somber note, let's go Red Wings. Let's hope they get the win regardless. Yes. And we'll do a game, hopefully a very fun game recap tomorrow. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Same time. Oh, any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.